0: Jesus, come into our conversation today Mm -hmm. and pray that you would collect our thoughts and bring us in from just the chaos and the fragments of the world and all the places that we've been in the last week and, and even just in the morning. Dial us in, center us in you. Jesus, I pray that we would be one heart and one life with you, one mind with you and that you would lead us today in things that would be truly helpful for our listeners as we continue the conversation in prayer e- even right now just to ask you Jesus remind us what's helpful lord what would be uh-huh. good what would be good for us to make sure we cover today mm-hmm. just want to pause listen
1: What'd you guys hear? I heard love, the importance of it in our prayers. Yeah,
0: great. Anything else just happen to come to us?
2: I heard just help them understand prayers, conversation, mm. the naturalness mm. of it, the everydayness of it. Mm. Yeah, I heard love as well, and uh, just tell your story. Be what, what
0: do you think Jesus meant by bringing up
1: love? Yeah. Um, my sense when I heard it when I was checking in with them was um, more along the lines of kind of what we're facing in these days, and in, invoking love. Okay. Love against hatred. Yeah. Hmm. Don't know if there's more to that, but
2: so that and and just the fact that I I just. I feel, and, and I, I maybe want to share some of this. Is just I think where I am in my life. Just the epistles of John and so forth. I, I'm just really drawn to that. Just uh, love. Yes. And mm. I've been in some deserts in my life with the lack of love, and so that that's where God takes me.
0: That's really good. Okay. <laughs> well, here we go. Friends, welcome back to the Ransom Heart Podcast. Thought we would let you listen in on our pre-recording conversation here because we're in a series on prayer and it might have been helpful to you to listen to how we pray and kind of the role that listening prayer has for us as we approach these podcasts and, and as we approach an event or kind of anything around what we're trying to do. So if you're just tuning in, this is part three in a series that we're doing on prayer in the first couple I invited Morgan and Sherry Snyder in to just have some conversation around prayer in their life and how's it work and um, when did it get some traction and what do you find yourself most praying, that kind of thing. So if you haven't heard those, recommend that you go back and pick up on that. But welcome today here in Thanksgiving week, probably a very appropriate time for us to <laughs> focus on some. Some prayer, yeah. encouragement, and and maybe a little counsel here. This isn't really a theological discussion. There's a whole lot of framework, and there's a whole lot of instruction in the book "Moving Mountains." This is more day to day and stories. Pulling in different members of the team uh, without a lot of warning, frankly, to just say, "Talk to me about prayer. How's that going in in your life?" So, welcome back, everybody, and today. This time around, we have uh, Bart and Alex on our team. And guys, let me let me start with just what do you find yourself praying these days? Like right now, in this season, here this fall, hmm. like over the last you know many weeks. Like right now, what what do you find yourself praying most often?
1: Yeah, John, uh, a couple of things right now actually, and. I would say it starts most often right now with union. I hmm. um, find myself praying that a lot, asking God for union with Christ, union yes. with his life. Just, you know, it's a wild stage of life I'm in. I've got a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, and an 11-year-old. and Oh, man. And we're just facing so many, like, unknowns. You know, those are the drama, those are the drama years. Yes, they are. And, and right, actually, even this week, we're experiencing some with our 11 year old, some calls from the school. Mm. And, um, (laughs) and so I, I need Christ. I need his, I need his wisdom. I need his cunning. I need his discernment. Like I need his love. And so I find myself a lot right now when I just get a quiet moment to check in with God, um, Asking for union, union with Christ, and then, yeah. secondly, I'm praying a lot into. It would be something like this: Jesus, I I receive your love,
0: mm. I
1: receive your love, mm. and ask for your love, mm. your love to fill me, to saturate me, to restore mm. me, to renew me. You know, we just came off a a big mission with our homecoming event that we just did. And I was a little wiped, a little tired from yeah. that. And, and so yeah. I'm finding myself mm. asking for God's love to restore me. Yeah. Me, refresh. Me. Yes. God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting to the union piece, like here you are, you know, phone calls from the school. Yeah. Teenage kids. You need counsel. Yeah. You need wisdom. Yeah. You need guidance. But that's not actually where you start you're starting with something else.
1: Yeah. With union? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's beautiful. I think most people jump straight into right.
2: just with the what, struggle do do? Yeah. what do yeah. I, the I do? What do I do? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. With the immediate yes. with the immediate
1: crisis. but you're backing yeah. up a step and, and I, saying And I think in the past and I would have started there. <laughs> right? Like yeah, actually, it's kind of cool that you mentioned that. Like, um, I think it's been a shift in my life. You you begin to understand the first things, right? Yes. And I'm not going to get anywhere if I don't have union with Christ. Yes. Like, I I need His life. Mm. I need to be in connection and mm. unity and mm. with Him, so I can mm. hear Him, so I can connect with God and have that conversation.
0: Yeah. So having just come off homecoming, let me riff on that for a second, because it was one of the key sessions that we did. The typical Christian experience is a growth pattern that kind of goes from some sort of salvation encounter with Jesus, which is wonderful and, you know, might've been six years old and Vacation Bible School. You might have been 16, and um, somebody shared their faith with you. You might have been 66, and and you had an encounter with Jesus. And it's an exciting time in life that those mm. first encounters with Him and young faith, and and then it grows, and we mature into a life of obedience and a life of wanting to kind of align with God. Mm -hmm. Uh, Show me your way for me. Show me your will for me. I'm in. Show me. And we get into churches and Bible studies and programs and the local parish activities or whatever it may be. And then as we mature along, we usually get recruited at some point. Right? right, come help. Yes, yeah. yes. right, yeah.
2: and uh, you got massively recruited. Throw, throw yeah. ourselves into that. Yeah,
0: you were a young believer, Bart. Yes. As an adult, you were a young new believer, and I mean, you got recruited into everything.
2: You know, yeah. and I said yes to everything. Yeah, elder, yeah. and right. you know, come yeah.
0: serve here, and chairman of this, and serve on that, and that's a that's an exciting time as well, right? Because mm-hmm. now you're not just receiving, but you're participating. But what we're describing here is something even more. And, folks, if you track with Ransomed Heart at all, you know, even just for a year, you know, you know this is about the heart mm-hmm. and intimacy with God. And, and the discovery that your heart matters and that your story matters and that God actually has healing for your humanity is an extraordinary time in life, too. It's almost yes. like, a, like a reboot you know, in in terms of the excitement of the early days. And there's intimacy and there's healing and there's restoration. I mean, a whole new world. It's like the wardrobe door opens up. But what Alex is describing and what we have been pursuing is something even closer, something even deeper where, you know, Jesus in John 15 first says, I'm the vine, you're the branches, right? We need to be deeply connected. Yeah. Everything you need, you receive from me, right? All your nourishment, all your sustenance. And then he ups it two chapters later when he says uh, in John 17, he's praying for us. And he says, I actually want you to have the kind of union that I have with my father. I want you to have it with us too. And he literally says, one as we are one. We referring to the trinity. I want you to be one with us, like we're one with each other. And so that's what Alex is referring to, listeners, when, when he's talking about union. I mean, it is it is seeking a shared life with God and, you know, the intertwining of your being with his. Mm. It's vine and branch, right? It's, yeah. And seeking that first mm-hmm. these days,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, makes a lot of sense because we're hard pressed. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. And really helpful.
0: Bart, what about
2: you? What what do you—just these days, what do you find yourself praying? Well, a little bit similar to Alex, but a little different, is I'm praying that God would help me and cause me to be a better lover of my wife Mm. and of my kids, my son, and now my grandkids. Mm. whole new category. But— You know, as as we age, our relationships with our partners, they change because we change. Mm. And I'm finding that in some of these changes that we find ourselves in, it's a challenge because some days I just don't love well. Mm. And so I'm calling on God and I'm praying in that intimacy. Um, I'm finding myself in the epistles of John talking about love where he says, you know, we can only love because he first loves us. So we we have to receive his love before we can love well. So that's an important point, which you said in your prayer walk, Alex, is is that I can receive his love. I can be his beloved son. And out of that, then I have the capacity to love well. But I'd say that's that's Mm. kind of where I'm praying these days. Loving. Help me love. Yes.
0: Fill me with your love. Help me love. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah.
2: Now, I have not prayed that all of my life. You know, there's a, been a lot of times in my life that I I think I've been pretty distant from that. It's how do I compete? How do I survive? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do I get ahead? How do I— Get things and, done. And maintain the Christian principles and live in those. Sure. But But I think people around me and close to me, if you ask them, is— Bart Lovingwell, um, they would have probably had some things to say that I would Mm. not have liked to have heard. Mm. So that's kind of where I am.
0: You know, that is a big—I don't want to call it a shift because I think in different periods of our life, we're always moving in and out of it, Mm -hmm. growing, maturing, God addressing things in us. But just the distinction between efficiency as the guiding force Mm -hmm. or love as the guiding force yes. it's something I, I'm becoming very aware of in my life. And I love to get stuff done. I, yes. just, I just love to get stuff done, mm-hmm. you know? And and we're a creative uh, ministry with a lot of projects going on and films and events and podcasts mm-hmm. and overseas stuff. And it's easy to get caught up in the thrill of that. Or, yes. or if you're in the business world or, you know, you're a teacher, you've got a lot of stuff to get done in your classroom. Come on, you know, like efficiency seems like the wise place to live from in the day-to-day,
2: because yes, there's right.
0: so much. But just the idea, it was in Gerald May's book, The Awakened Heart, that he said, you know, the modern world really has come to worship efficiency. Everybody, it's the high standard, but love is more yes. important uh-huh. And in learning to even just ask ourselves, which, which am I operating out of these days? Right. Not that efficiency is bad. We have to get stuff. You have a household to run. You've got bills to pay. That's all okay. Obligations that we have. But just what's fueling us, right? And so you find yourself praying these days
2: that love would. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Staying that extra time to invest in relationships when I've got 10 places I need to be. Yeah, exactly. So something I asked Morgan and Sherry, I want to go back a little bit into your Mm -hmm. stories
0: now. Like, what's your story with prayer? What was it? in your earlier days, and, and when did prayer get some traction in your life? And, and then I want to kind of hover around that a little bit, because I just think the issue of a lot of people want to pray. They just can't—they kind of can't get it going or feel like
1: it's effective or helping. Or What was your story with prayer, Alex? Yeah, man, I, uh, I didn't have a lot of context for prayer— for a, a lot of my life, I, I would say up, up into my 30s, before some things started to make more sense and started to click. And when did faith become real for you? When
0: when was your relationship with Jesus kind of congealed?
1: So high school is where I accepted Christ. Okay, and a great youth pastor, and he had a way of relating that this whole Christianity thing and Jesus was actually based on a relationship. And that idea made sense to me. And that's when I said, yeah, I want that. Like, I want a relationship with God. But man, I really, I didn't have mentors who taught me how to pray. Like, that was just a category that laid pretty dormant for a long time. And part of it's the way I grew up. I I grew up with parents that went to church, and they were believers. Mm -hmm. But my experience of prayer was Thanksgiving, Christmas, like the dinner table. Yes. Bless the food. Yes. You know, Jesus be with us, bless the food. And that was about it. Yeah. And that was probably the extent of my prayer life up until the time I probably came to Ransom Heart in some ways. Now, I had this relationship with God and I had some internal things with God where I would, you know, I would have, I would say, conversation with him in my heart. Yes. And ask for direction from him and get senses of what I'm supposed to do and how I'm supposed to do it. But I really didn't have an understanding of how to pray and even what to pray other than that. So, in a lot of ways, when I came to Ransom Heart, that, that was the start of a lot of my education on prayer, mm. learning from you guys and how you pray and, and taking some risks. You know, for, for me, I think a lot of what stunted my ability to pray was just fear. Yeah. I've talked about that in other contexts, just a anxiety I dealt with and talking in front of people is uncomfortable and, and therefore prayer, like to pray in front of people was just terrifying. Yeah. It's actually not that long ago. I've been here 12 years. It's been a 12 year education on prayer and life with God, intimacy with God. So well, you
0: jumped into the deep end of the pool. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, just being in a context that required it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Being in a context. that, And one of the things that I do, I do say in Moving Mountains is I think that a lot of times we wonder, God, why aren't you removing this difficulty I'm in? God, why aren't you helping? Um, and there may be a lot of reasons around that. But one of them could be he's teaching us to pray. Yeah, right? Cuz you you don't really pray till you need to. Right. Right? I yeah. mean, life's groovy and everything's going along just fine, you know? It's it's simple stuff. It's thank you for this day, Father, yeah. uh, you know? But when the need presses in, uh you know, yes. One of our neighbors uh, had a stroke, and and man, it's up my prayer life for that mm. family, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it crisis, need, heartache, something. Yes. Boom, you know. Now yeah. you're praying. Yeah. Right. Now you're pressing in,
2: right? What about you, Bart? What, what's your story with prayer? Yeah, John. I mean, it takes me back. That question takes me to a very specific place that I remember very specifically. Went to church. Most of my life, walked away from God, but it came back to Christ when I was 28 years old, just about the time I was married, just when I, uh, my faith took traction.
0: And we're not implying those two things were related.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. But they just— But coincidentally. Co- coincidentally. And so, and so I guess it was, I don't know, year seven of my marriage, and I remember—I I think I was reading some prayer book and— and um, it it just piqued my interest of hey I, I'm I'm really not praying very deeply these days just the obligatory prayers around meals and so forth and Chris you know had he would participate with us in that and so one day I came home and uh, this involved Tana I said Tana let's let's sit down and pray we've really never prayed and so she said okay and so we sit down and we start praying and I was praying in a way that I've never prayed before. And again, I can't recall all the words, but it was a lot more serious prayer than than it had been. And then all of a sudden, Tana's crying and um, and not understanding the intimacy of God of what he was inviting us into. I stopped the prayer and said, hey, what are the tears about? We're we're trying to pray here, you know. (laughs) 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 And uh, it actually took us a while to unpack that because— what we found out was, uh, I don't know, sometime later asked Tana. I said, "Say, so what were those tears about? I said, as a matter of fact, I don't ever remember you crying seven years in our marriage. And she says, no, I, I, uh, I haven't cried in 17 years hmm. because I made a vow that I'd never cry again. And so it broke that. And so the, that in- prayer, the intimacy of it broke it. The intimacy of that broke wow. that vow for Tana. And I realized that day with my wife that the the intimacy of deep prayer was something was a category and a and a place that I wanted to go to. And so a, a lot of our prayer life, a lot of my prayer life, was with Tana. and And um, we took we took our sexuality there. We took a lot of things there. Now this didn't happen instantly. This happened over the years. Yeah but um that that's been a, a an incredible place to take intimacy of a marriage together in to God and and to have him speak to that as a couple but but then you know it then it 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 also led to intimacy of myself with God yeah. and, and my prayer life alone with God yeah and so but that's that's where it began about year 7 mm. of my after my conversion and where faith took place, but it happened with Tana. Hmm.
0: I've noticed over the years that you journal mm-hmm. a lot. Do you journal your prayers? Is that part of your your prayer experience?
2: Yeah, I do journal. And what I I typically try to do is I put a question in there to God. I, I see prayer as—there's ha- there's really two ways to get to it. One is why. Why are you doing this? The other word is what. I take the what approach instead of the why approach, because I think the why approach—it seems like I'm in the wrong place with God when I'm asking why, uh, rather than the what, because the what is—I'm trying to see what he's doing in my life and what he's trying to surface in my life, rather than being the victim of, God, why are you doing this to me? Yeah, why aren't Mm. you moving? Yeah. Why did that happen? Yeah, why did that happen? Okay. And so— that's where my, my prayer journal usually takes me is, what are you up to in my life? And mm-hmm. and I'll have a question for him, and, I, and I'll ask, what mm-hmm. what is going on? And so that sometimes takes a, a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And usually he answers it in the middle of the night when he wakes me up. I, uh, I just seem to have this period between 2 and 4 a.m. that I'm either experiencing a lot of warfare or God's— or God's Mm. uh, downloading whatever I'm journaling with Him. So you'll put a question out there, Mm -hmm. and then you'll stay with it for a week or Mm -hmm. two? Yeah. And just kind of give it time? Might even be longer sometimes.
0: Okay. Okay. Wow. I want to come back to the love piece for a minute, because, Alex, you also brought up love. um, But I think you were— I think you were using it in a little bit of a different context because of some of what we're facing and yeah. what we've been trying to share with our with our listeners. Can, yeah. can we go back to that?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think you've you've shared it a little bit on here, but for me where a lot of my prayer and love has has gone these days isn't Yes, there's the piece of I want to receive God's love. I need God's yes. love and yes. the restorative pieces of that, but I'm also invoking God's love a lot these days we We live in this mission, this mission of ransom heart and and what we're doing, and things like our event we just came off of and trying to help some of our dear allies recover some soul and some life and that stuff supposed and yeah. And we are dealing with a time in the world where there's a lot of hatred rampaging. Yes. And the enemy's hatred is rampaging. Yes. And so I, I find myself praying, invoking love over me, over Mel, over the kids, and over our domain, over our home, because we do face some of the backlash of these things. Yes. And so the other night coming off of... The mission we just did, so the Monday before the mission, mission started on kind of Thursday evening, I didn't sleep from Monday through the mission, mission finished on Saturday, like my nights of sleep were, I would guess, three to four hours, Yep. and I thought, oh man, you know, I, I was praying against the warfare and, and a lot of it was the warfare, but there was a piece of me that thought, you know, well, you're also just stressed out about this. And once you get it off your plate, you'll, you're going to, you're just going to crash. You're going to sleep like a baby. And the night after the mission was probably the, one of the worst nights of sleep of the whole thing. And, and a lot of it was that hatred piece, hatred for what we accomplished, mm-hmm. hatred for mm-hmm. Hatred for the work that was done through that mm-hmm. that mission, and um, and love has been one of the most helpful things mm-hmm. to invoke into our home, into our sleep, and mm-hmm. into all of that. So, so that's what I mean by yeah.
0: Yeah, and I wanted wanted to riff on that a little bit here because I think it's helpful to our listeners. When when we were talking about hatred rampaging in the world, we're actually not referring to human hatred. Um, Paul, right, in Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. Our fight is not primarily with humanity. The human race he says but rather with rulers authorities power spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly realms these various fallen angels who still wield a great deal of power right now very dark power and and do a lot of harm as scripture is very very clear you know when jesus says the thief comes to steal kill and destroy he is assuming that there are evil forces in the world that have the power to steal and kill and destroy you know he doesn't say all that stuff's just not real that doesn't have any effect don't worry about it just praise god he says no this is very real i'm sending you out like sheep among wolves you know um so i wanted to clarify this for our listeners because this category is proving very helpful for us as a team and so what we mean is right now on the earth there are dark forces from the kingdom of darkness of hatred just rampaging. And then, yes, yes, by all means, of course it jumps into relationships or into racial tension or, you know, terrorism and, and extreme examples like that. Of course, e- either human sin is fueled by it or human sin provides the door for mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. right? Um, but what what Alex is describing is, in his realm, in his kingdom, he is— praying, commanding, invoking, enforcing the love of God against these demonic forces of hatred so that within your realm and over your household and over your kids, you know, mm-hmm.
2: hatred doesn't get to get in and just wreak havoc. Right. Right? Right. And on that, as, as we invoke love, I just described that time in the middle of the night, that two to four mm. when when warfare comes, and and I, you know, sometimes I'm just couched in fear mm-hmm. with what grips me or what's coming against me, and so forth. And to invoke, to stop, and invoke that love. Mm-hmm. Again, it comes back to First John. It says, you know, perfect love casts out fear. Mm-hmm. And boy, that is the best antidote for me to go back to sleep. I mean, mm-hmm. for so long, I just got beat up really, really bad in the middle of the night, and I, I you know, might not sleep the rest of the night, but to stop and invoke that love mm-hmm. against the fear and the hatred and all of those things that come, boy, it's, it's an antidote that, that has put me back to sleep and kind of got my feet on the ground and out of the fetal position.
0: Exactly. And we got a question from a listener on this, so I want to, I want to give a little bit more clarity to why like, because it's like, well, isn't love a fruit of the Holy Spirit? And what do you mean invoking love? Like, I don't quite get that. So another example would be in First John, in the first chapter, it says, if we confess our sins, mm-hmm. he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The forgiveness of God is always there.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. It's
0: always available. It, it is a thing in the universe. It yes. is an available resource to us. But quite often we find we have to apply it yes. to certain situations. We either we are asking forgiveness, <laughs> yes. yeah. or we are extending it. You yeah. know, and so the forgiveness is a resource that flows from our God mm-hmm. to us and to the world. But many people don't quote experience right. the feeling and the and the joy and the benefits and the liberty of forgiveness until you apply it. Yes, right. Yes, And then the healing power of God would be another example. So the healing power of God is is available to the world. You know, the life of God flows to his people all the time. In Romans chapter 5, it says we are saved by his life. And, and later in verse 17, in the same chapter, it says we reign in life through Jesus Christ. So you have a sick body. You still have, You still gather people around to pray mm-hmm. and often lay hands on... Um, so that we can be a conduit, we can apply, we can invoke, we can Mm -hmm. usher in the healing presence of God into that particular body and that particular need, right? Mm -hmm. So the resource is there. I mean, God is this massive, infinite, wonderful being, you know, full of resources, but we have to draw upon them and we have to call upon them. And so when there's tension in a relationship, it's a really good thing to invoke love. I pray the love of God into this relationship. Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. drawing upon that resource yes. and bringing it into a certain situation. Now, for the demonic and for what's happening in the world right now, this hatred thing is really awful. And it is particularly directed against the saints. The enemy hates you, hates us, not just ransomed heart, but anyone who has aligned themselves with Jesus at this point in the world, man, that you know the battle lines are very clear. And the enemy will direct hatred against you. And you might not feel, quote, hated. You just feel awful. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: You just feel like I suck. Yes. I can't get my life together. You feel low. You feel burdened. You might not draw the immediate connection, but we would suggest, because we know it and we see it rampaging, that what we are doing now is we're drawing upon the love of God and we're bringing it. Against hatred, here it is. I command the love of God against all hatred coming against me from the demonic realm. Yes, yeah. right. The love of God against hatred in my realm, and that's different than the fruit of the Holy Spirit of cultivating a more loving. Yes, which yeah. you were talking about earlier. Yes. And so right. I just wanted to draw those distinctions.
1: And I think too, John, the um, what's been revolutionary for me in praying is is Christ gives us his authority and we're we're commanded to use it. Yeah. We're commanded to use it. And so that's probably one of the biggest ways my prayer life has changed is to go, oh, actually God is maturing me. He is training me up and I partake in this process. This yes. process of enforcing love in my home and yes. commanding love in my home like it requires my active engagement and i would love to hear from you why do you why do you think god does that because he could take mm-hmm. care of it for us and i think a lot of people's prayers sometimes are kind of that oh god would you just please you know take care of that mhm get rid of that mhm or show me what to
0: do yeah. or should i take this job yeah. or yeah right
1: i'd love to hear a little yeah. more from you yeah. on that piece of why why are we mm-hmm. why are we even required and what's got up to with that
0: yes that is such an important question on prayer i'm actually going to pause because let's come back next week and unpack that a little because the other things that were shared today were so significant. I don't want those lost. Mm-hmm. Um, gang, you know, to just let you, our dear listeners, um, think about today's podcast, linger with it, let Christ speak to you about it. What's your story of prayer? And, and when did it get some traction in your life? And has it lost some traction in your life? And what do you find yourself praying these days? And just kind of let some of the other stories that were shared uh, linger with you couple things I want to share with you all. We have a very cool gift for you, and I'll explain more about this next week, too. But we have developed this incredible app called the One Minute Pause. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, oh, my goodness. And it, <laughs> Alex was talking about union, and I wanted to yes. jump right in and yes. give a shout-out for this. <laughs> yes. So we, we have this new app, and you can go on your app store, iPhone and Android. It's called the One Minute Pause by Ransomed Heart, and it is a very simple Prayer experience. Literally, the first option is 60 seconds, and then there's a 3 minutes, and there's a five-minute and a 10-minute version. But to stop in your day and to recover union with Jesus, to kind of learn to let everything go and just come back and find union again and receive more of his help, more of his love, more of his life filling you. So we are super excited about this app because this is a practice that our staff has been doing for More than a year now. Yeah. And it's been... So significant. It's been so
2: helpful. Yes. Yes.
0: Super orienting.
2: interjecting that time to pray into your day that, you know, where you say, you know, we're just consumed with chaos, and, and then we get to stop and pause and center ourselves again in Christ. It's just amazing.
0: Yeah. So here's... It's a little bit of an early Christmas present, gang. It's free. And it wasn't free to develop, I'll tell you that, but it's free to you. Uh, to jump on the App Store and look for the one-minute pause by Ransom Heart, download it onto your phone, and give it a try. I think as a prayer experience, mm. you're going to love it. It's and, a treasure and, in the field. Yes, yeah. it's a yeah. treasure in the field. And um, as we enter here into the last lap of the year, kind of into the holiday season with Thanksgiving, and then and then suddenly we're in to Christmas right after it, just want to remind everybody we are a crowdfunded mission. This is a supporter funded organization and, and mission in the world. And um, we do need your support, do need your help. Uh, if that's something you can join us in here, you can get on our website at ransomedheart.com and make a contribution to us. We'd, we'd sure be grateful. So we're going to come back next week and answer Alex's question on, yeah, so why does God do it that way?